Hey everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm your host, Charlie, and tomorrow is going to be the 2021 edition of the Golden Globes. So I decided to do today just a quick episode on my predictions uh, or thoughts on the nominations this year regarding the, both the movie nominations and the TV series nominations. So yeah, let's go! Okay guys, before I begin, just want to say that this episode is going to be a bit different. If you hadn't noticed uh, up until now, I usually follow a sort of script that I write before I record an episode. And that's mostly due to the fact that I tend to drift away from the main topic. It happened when I recorded my f- my first ever, well, not counting the introduction episode, my first ever episode um, about Iron Man 2008, 2008 movie. And I had no script per se, I had like a few notes, and I ended up talking for more than half an hour. So I decided that, yeah, I needed to write a a script for my episodes, also because I'm Portuguese, English is not my first language, and I don't like, like, um, to talk and not make sense. Sometimes words just slip away from my mouth. And yeah, I, I decided to write scripts for every episode like for that MCU series for my top 10 series for anything really but today because I'm talking predictions and my overall thoughts on the movies and TV shows that were nominated this year for the Golden Globes I decided to do this unscripted uh, version of an episode so hopefully it goes (laughs) it goes well and other reason for that is that there are so many movies and TV shows that were nominated this year. Most of them came out like a couple of days ago, a week ago, and I actually spent the last few, last two weeks trying to watch as many movies as I could. I didn't watch that many um, TV shows, so I'll actually start from uh, with with the shows nominated because uh, yeah, I just didn't watch that those that many. And so my thoughts on it are going to be very reduced in comparison to the movie section. Um, and yeah, because I saw so ma- so much stuff, so many movies. I, wa- oh, I watched a bunch of movies like the, these 10 last couple of days. So I couldn't write a full scripted episode. That would take me so much. And also I don't want to go into spoiler territory. I just want to give my opinion on it. Like if I think... The movie was good, the direction was good, the acting was good, the screenplay was good. And and yeah, I'm not going to be talking that much. I'm not going to go into that much of a detail in each section. I'll, I, just, I will just go through the nominations, the nominees, I mean, and just try to predict which one will win and which one I would want to win. So with that said, let's get started. Talking about the TV series, the, the section, we have a bunch of different uh, categories. We're going to start with the um, limited series category. For best limited series, we have The Queen's Gambit, Small Hacks, Normal People, The Undoing, and Unorthodox. 
And I haven't watched any of these, actually. I, re I started watching The Queen's Gambit, but I still haven't finished. I heard a lot about The Undoing and Unorthodox. That's another series that I really want to watch. Normal People, I didn't really hear that much about. And Small Hack, Small X, Small Axe, Jesus, my English. Um, I also heard lots of great things regarding it, so I don't know. I think maybe the Queen's Gambit is going to win because it was such a huge deal. And it's, uh, it's apparently really good. I still have, I still need to finish, finish it. And Anya Taylor-Joy is really good. So let's go to the Best Actress nominees for a limited series. It's Anya Taylor-Joy, Kate Blanchett for Miss America. I should have written those. Like I'm using my uh, a Microsoft Excel document where I just put all the nominees. I didn't make like little notes regarding them. Like for example, the actresses and actors, like all of them, their adjacent projects. But I think, yeah, Kate Blanchett did Miss America or something like that. Daisy Edgar Jones, I think it's for, for normal people. Nicole Kidman for The Undoing and Shira Oz for Unorthodox. And again, I think Anya Taylor-Joy is having so, so much success lately, so maybe she will win. Um, Shira Oz in Unorthodox also looks really good. I think she, she, she did an amazing job, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really vouch for that. So I think it's going to be between Anya and Shira. Because of the success of the Queen's Gambit, I think, yeah, it might win. Anya might win, the Queen's Gambit might win. But we'll have to wait and see. For Best Actor in a Limited Series, we have Brian Cranston for uh, Your Honor, which I, I believe finished a couple a week ago or something like that. Ethan Hawke for The Good Lord Bird, which is a series that I really didn't really um, I wasn't really aware of. You have Hugh Grant for The Undoing and Jeff Daniels for The Comey Rule, which is a show I will probably check out after this. I think it's just four episodes and they're like an hour long. So not really that big of a, that long of a series. But I did watch Mark Ruffalo and I know this much is true. And I love that show. It will, it's one of my favorite TV series, limited series for sure. Um, so I want him to win and I think he deserves to win even though I didn't watch the other projects. This was this is the first limited series that has been nominated that I watched, um, and I don't know why it wasn't nominated for best limited series um, because Mark Ruffalo did an amazing job, yes, but the series as a whole I think was really good. But anyway, let's move on to best supporting actress and actor, and that that goes um, for the comedy slash musical and drama sections, and starting with the best supporting actress. Starting with the ones that I didn't <laughs> that I didn't watch, we have Julia Garner for Ozark, Annie Murphy for ooh, oh, I don't know about that. I didn't make a note, but I think it's The Undoing maybe. And Cynthia Nixon for Ratchet. I still haven't watched Ratchet. I still need to watch. I, it's another one I need to watch. But what I what I did watch was The Crown, and Julian Anderson and Elena Elena Bonham. Carter are both nominated for Best Supporting Actress, 
And I don't know if they're going to win, even though they were the only performances that I watched regarding the, the, this category. Because, yes, they did a good job, but it wasn't something that really amazed me. So maybe Annie Murphy for... Wait, is Annie Murphy for... I think Annie Murphy is for... Um, what is it? Is it Sheets Creek, actually? Maybe? I don't know. I, sh I should know. I should have made a note. should have made a note. But yeah, I think maybe she will win. I think if she... Oh my god. I should use, use my phone, but I'm not usually... Uh, I don't usually have my phone around when I do record when I record an episode, so I don't know. But yeah, I think Annie Murphy will probably win because I heard a lot of good things regarding Shit's Creek, and if she is the one, <laughs> probably not mistaken, the actress for another one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sorry about that. Anyway, for best supporting actor, we have John Boyega for Small Axe. Brendan Gleeson for The Comey Rule, Jim Parsons for Hollywood, Donald Sutherland for The Undoing, and Daniel Levi for Sheets Creek. And again, I didn't watch any of these shows, but I, I believe maybe Daniel Levi, Levy, will win, again, because I heard a lot of good things about Sheets, Sheets, Sheets Creek. My God, I hope I'm not saying something bad. <laughs> but uh yeah like i said like in, in regards to the tv shows i like i've watched a couple of them uh i should have watched more but when i was looking at the nominations for both movies and tv i thought i pr i can probably catch up with a lot of movies and not so much so with um with the tv shows and that's why i didn't really have the chance to watch most of them uh, most of the nominees I mean, which is a bummer. I will probably check out these shows eventually, but I couldn't have done it by tomorrow. And so, yeah, that's why I wanted to start with the TV. And let's continue. Let's go to the best, uh, to the, the comedy slash musical categories. Starting with best actor in a musical or a comedy, we have Don Cheadle for Black Monday. We have Rami Youssef for Rami. Nicholas Holt for The Great, Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. And I have no idea who might win. Honestly, I haven't watched any of these shows. I really want to check out, um, like I said, Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso. I heard a lot of, like, I think it's a cool, funny show. And Jason Sudeikis is really... It's one of my favorite comedian actors. There's not a lot of them, so there you go. And maybe Rami Youssef. I, I did hear a lot about Rami. I haven't watched it, though, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Probably Rami or Eugene Levy. Because I didn't hear that much about um, Black Monday with Don Cheadle or The Great with Nicholas Holt. Like at all, so I don't know if like if they did a, a great job, I would have heard about that. But yeah, I, I'm not really confident in assuming a position, so I'll just say probably Rami or Eugene. Next up, best actress in a TV musical or comedy, we have Lily Collins in Emily in Paris, Kaylee Cuoco in The Flight Attendant, 
L. Fanning in The Great, Catherine O'Hara in Schitt's Creek, and Jane Levy in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. This is another one. I haven't watched any of these shows. I want to watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I will probably not check out uh, Emily in Paris. And again, Schitt's Creek is one of the shows I really need to watch. But I think Jane Levy, I heard a lot of good things. So I'm going to say my prediction is her or Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek. But I'm not sure. Guys, this is just like the start of the episode. When I get into the movie, it's going to be more uh, opinionated, <laughs> if, you, if you get me. Um, so let's go to best TV series in a musical or comedy. We have Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. Again, I don't think Emily in Paris is going to win. It would be... Pretty, pretty weird if it won, because I didn't hear a lot of good things. I know it's, it's enticing uh, as a Netflix show. <laughs> a lot of people probably binged it, but that is not the same. Like that doesn't really um, reflect quality in a show. So again, I have to go with Shit's Creek because it. I think it's like the second season of it or third season of it, and since it, is it since it debuted. I heard a lot of good things, so I will go with that. And again, The Great, I didn't really, I don't know anything about that. Ted Lasso might be um, a comedy that doesn't have a lot of qual like supreme quality, um, maybe. And The Flight Attendant, I heard it was really interesting and enticing. And there was this mystery about the... The murder that happens, I believe. But I don't know if it's... I don't believe it's going to win. I'm going to go with Shit's Creek for this. <laughs> Most of my choices are Shit's Creek, even though I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of these comedy nomina nominees. Let's go to the TV drama, because I've watched more in that category. Starting with, starting with Best Actor in a TV Drama, we have Al Pacino for Hunters, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Matthew Rice for Perry Mason, Bob Odenkirk for Better, Better Call Saul, and Josh O'Connor for The Crown. Um, this is weird, first of all, because Josh O'Connor should be a secondary um, uh, supporting actor, and he's not. Uh, anyway. And, yeah, I haven't watched Hunter's... Ozark or Perry Mason. I did watch Better Call Saul, and like I said, I watched The Crown. I'm in between Al Pacino, because he's Al Pacino, and Bob Odenkirk, even though I heard a lot of good things about Jason Bateman in Ozark. I think he really gets his... Um, like, he, sh he gives out his more dramatic um, acting technique in, in Ozark rather than his most most of his comedic roles in movies and whatnot. So I don't know. This is actually a really tough one. Hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I really want to watch Hunters because the concept is something I'm really interested in. 
And I haven't really heard that much good about Al Pacino's character or acting. So, hmm. Maybe it's actually between Bob and Jason. Um, I have watched all seasons of Better Call Saul. I think he always does a great job. It's just not in... <laughs> it's just not on... On Brian Cranston's level in Breaking Bad, you know? Even though Better Call Saul is a great show, I just don't know if Bob Odenkirk would win against all these four other uh, nominees. But again, Jason Bateman, I don't... Ah, I don't know. Jesus. I don't know how much of a, of a distance there is between comedy roles, Jason Bateman, and more serious, dramatic um, TV series Jason Bateman with Ozark. So I'm going to go with Bob, actually. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, that's my choice. That's my choice. Going now to Best Actress category, we have Laura Leaney for Ozark. Again, I haven't watched this this show. Sarah Paulson for Ratchet. Again, I haven't watched this show. And then we have Olivia Colman and Emma Corrin for The Crown. And Jodie Comer for... Jesus, a lot of co... Uh, in the surname. And Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. I love Killing Eve. Like, I think this show has a really unique style, and Jodie Comer is amazing in it. Like I said, I've watched The Crown. I don't think this season really um, had any, like, phenomenal acting moments from either Olivia Colman or Emma Corrin. Even though I love, I love both performances, I love both actresses. I think especially Emma Corrin has a great career in front of her, and Olivia Colman... She does a great job being a, the queen. She has been another queen in The Favourite. That was a really cool, good movie. But Sarah Paulson in Ratchet, I've heard a lot of good things. And this... I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying this sentence so many times now. I'm so sorry. So, I don't know if it's... It's probably between... For me, at least. It's between Jodie Comer and Sarah Paulson. Because I've watched Killing Eve, I would want Jodie Comer to win. She's really... Oh, she's just a fun personality. The character, at least. Uh, but, yeah, the actress just does an amazing job. If you haven't watched Killing Eve, just go watch it. It's really good. It's really interesting. Like a, a spin on um, crime and kind of serial killers in a fun way. Not so serious way. It's really cool. Um, but, yeah... Maybe Sarah Paulson will win. I don't think Laura Linney... Like I th I, some people have called Ozark the Breaking Bad of today. I don't... Yeah, I don't think that quite lives up to it. I don't think that's actually factual or anything similar. Like, Breaking Bad was Breaking Bad. There's nothing gonna... There's no series that's gonna replace um, Breaking Bad. It has the, the, the cultural phenomenon that, phenomenon that it was. And... Yeah, like I said, I, I haven't heard that much about the acting in Ozark from both uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Leaney, so I don't know if they have done a great job or just good enough job. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Jodie Comer or Sarah Paulson. And now for Best TV Series, the last category in the TV section, we have Lovecraft Country, Ozark, Ratchet, The Crown, and The Mandalorian, and I have watched these last two. I don't think The Mandalorian is going to win, honestly. I think 
it's a great show for fans of the Star Wars um, franchise, especially. I want to watch Lovecraft Country also, um, but I haven't, so I don't know how good it is. Again, Ozark, I think it's the third, the, the third sorry, season that they're in, and I don't know how good it is. I've heard good things, like I've said a million times, but I just don't know if it, w if it would win. And Ratchet, again, I don't know. I also don't think The Crown is going to win. Like, the fourth season, this last season was good, was interesting. It tapped and tackled really important themes, especially with the character, character, she was a real person, of Diane, Princess Diane, but Diana, my, my god. Um, but I'm going to go with the Lovecraft Country. Or maybe Ratchet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna have a sip of water now. You can listen to me while I do that. It's really quickly. Yeah, and um, let's start with the movie section where I have a lot to talk about. Again, no spoilers ahead. I'm not gonna go into any details regarding the story, just my f overall feelings. And we have a lot of categories. We have um, best motion picture in drama and the, the actor and actress. In comedy and musical, actor and actress. Then we have the animated motion picture and the foreign motion picture, the supporting actor and actress, and then the best director, screenplay, original score, and original song. I'm gonna start with the latter. For best original song, we have Scene or Yossi from The Life Ahead. We have Speak Now from One Night in Miami. We have Tigress and Twee from the United States versus Billie Holiday. We have Hear My Voice. I, oh, I didn't make a note, but I think it's from Judas and the Black Messiah, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I am mistaken. Uh, yeah. And we have Fight For You. No, Fight For You is from Judas and the Black Messiah. Sorry. Hear My Voice is from... Which one is it? I don't know. Sorry about that. Yeah, but Fight For You is from Judas and the Black Messiah. And I think Fight For You is going to win. It's from um, the musical artist Her. And from... Like, I listened to all five songs. Some of them I had to listen before I watched the movie or before I before I got a chance to watch the movie because maybe I didn't watch. That's, that's why I don't know which movie um, Hear My Voice is from. Went to look at the nominees from the other categories, but I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Sorry about that. And um, yeah, "Fight for You" is just the most powerful song, the most meaningful song. It it tackles the themes of, well, America now, America then. It's, it has been the same for a while, and it's really, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's sickening. Really, and yeah, I think just this song embodied all of that, all all of the struggle that the black community has has been feeling for decades, centuries. Um, just better than the other songs because "Speak Now" and "Tigress and Tweed" also tackle those that 
reality. And I did enjoy them, but I think Fight For You is just a better song overall. So I'm going to go with Fight For You for Best Original Song. For Best Original Score, we have James Newton Howard from News of the World. We have Trent Reznor, Addis, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste for Soul. We have Alexander Desplat for The Midnight Sky. We have, again, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for Mank. And we have Ludwig Goransson for Tenet. Um, I've watched all of these movies. Tenet, in terms of sound, I know this is original score and not really sound editing and mixing, but uh, it was kind of bad. Like, one of the biggest critiques is that you cannot listen to what the characters are saying because the music is too loud or the the the, 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 the sounds are just too loud. I'm not I don't think Tenet is gonna win in this one. At the Academy Awards it might win on special effects if it's nominated. I think it's in the short list but they still haven't um uh um shared the published that's what the word I was looking for published the nominee the the actual list of the nominees so I don't know that yeah I don't think Tenet is gonna win Mank um the soundtrack is alright the score is alright but it wasn't anything like oh my god the score is unbelievable so good so I don't yeah I don't think it's gonna win The Midnight Sky again it was one of the last movies that I watched I think I watched it like two days ago and this the score is good it's nothing breathtaking so I'm not yeah I don't think that's gonna win as well I'm in between news of the world and soul soul is the kind of obvious choice it is about music um, and it's animated so the, like, the soundtrack is really fun and spicy and like just yeah just just cool sounds cool music of course disney and uh pixar is it a pixar movie yeah i think it is i think they did a good job with this mo uh, movie i just don't know yeah news of the world like it uh, it is not a musical movie in any sense but the soundtrack like News of the World is like this western with Tom Hanks and uh, Elena Zengel. Um, and, oh my god, it's actually tough. It's actually tough. Don't I don't know. I don't know, I think it's between Soul and News of the World. For me, at least. I might be wrong. But for now, that's it. Going now to best screenplay. We have Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. We have Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Jack Fincher for Mank. Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7. And Christopher Hampton for The Father. Okay, The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, is... The movie that I wanted to watch the most, that I still haven't, because I cannot find it anywhere. So, and it, it's nominated for four uh, Golden Globes. It's Best Screenplay, uh, Supporting Actress, 
uh, actor and and motion picture drama motion picture so I don't know how good is the screenplay I'm gonna have to just talk about the movies that I've watched and I think for me at least Emerald Fennel might win because Promising Young Woman as a story was so unique it was so it tackled a familiar theme a devastating theme but the way that it was written the way the story evolved was quite unique at least for me but again Chloe Zhao with Nomadland she Chloe Zhao wrote the screenplay she edited the movie and she directed it and the movie is so good one of it is for now my favorite 2021 movie I think I just think it's so simple yet so powerful with the message that it, that it, it, it gives actually this from this whole list Nomadland is the only movie I actually reviewed and I have an episode on the podcast if you want to check out a really quick non-spoiler review actually um, and then we have the trial of the Chicago 7 it was I love this I love this movie I just think because it it's based on um on a true story on true events the um, the screenplay the screenplay element for for me like that's my opinion of course at the um, the academy awards you have the original screenplay and the adapted screenplay we have that you have that difference so in those two categories like i can make a decision or like i can give my preference if it if it is adapted if it isn't adapted but with in the golden at the golden globes you have best screenplay period and i just prefer the original ones that were not really based on i think for me oh my god i think for me if it's fully original and i'm using the word original uh lightly because is there any original thinking anymore? Who knows? And then I go from... After that, I give lots of props to screenplays that were adapted from books. Because... Like, you have this whole... You have hundreds of pages and you just turn that story into a 120-minute movie or whatever. But when you have two events that happen you really just picking the most important moments in that um, space of time, that space and end time period. Um, I don't know, it was really... Oh, my God, yeah. Trial of the Chicago 7 is a really powerful mo movie. The ending was like the last shot, the last minute of it was really good. Um, and then we have Jack Fincher for Mank. I liked Mank. I think it was a good homage to an an honest homage to Citizen Kane and the, the cinema in the 1930s. And it did explain some of what was happening behind the scenes at the time that they were writing and then filming and then publishing Mank, uh Citizen Kane, I mean. It just the movie didn't really uh, captivate me that much. I much preferred Nomadland and Promising Young Woman. So for me, it's between Emerald Fennel and Chloe Zhao.
and yeah, I'm gonna stop talking about the screenplay for now. Going into best director, and I've watched all of this, all of these movies. So I've watched all of the work of these nominees, and we have again Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Regina King for One Night in Miami, David Fincher for Mank, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Hmm, this is tough. Again, I loved Nomadland, so that is my choice. And the directing, the directing is so simplistic, and yet complex. You really have to watch it. And most of it is also due to the to the editing because you have these ten second scenes or even less than that, and Chloe Zhao is just able to, and obviously Frances McDormand um, as the actress. They they could just show us what was going on in the mind of Fern, the main character so easily in just five ten seconds with these scenes because they were directed and edited and written so beautifully so simplistically simply so like yeah i don't know i'm gonna go with chloe zhao but again emerald fennel for promising young woman is a close second for me mm, okay maybe mm. and regina regina king I believe this was her first uh, movie as she as a director, and she did a really good job. I'm excited to see what she does next behind the the camera. I just don't know if she could win best director. I'm gonna go with Chloe Zhao. And yeah, okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go have another sip of water. Mm -hmm. Going now to best supporting actor, you have Jared Leto for The Little Things. I haven't watched this movie, the only one on this category that I haven't watched. You have Bill Murray on The Rocks, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. I haven't watched The Little Things, like I said. I don't know how good Jared Leto is in that movie. I've heard good things. I, I think maybe he might be the best bit about that movie, uh, since there's no other nominations um, for, for that film. But I don't know if he... Yeah, I don't know if he's able to win. Bill Murray in On the Rocks. Really funny, really charming. Not really a master performance. Leslie Odom Jr. was also really good in One Night in Miami. Uh, probably the best actor in that movie, for sure. And I'm between Sasha and Daniel. But because Daniel Kaluuya just spends more time on screen than Sasha Baron Cohen, um, I believe I'm not sure, but I think I think Daniel Kaluuya 
I, I don't know why he's not the, uh, the the main actor. Actually, I don't know why he's a, why he's a, a supporting actor. Because maybe if you if you was a the main one, you'd probably win in the best actor category for uh, drama. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Daniel Kaluuya. Go with Daniel Kaluuya. Sasha Baron Cohen is fantastic as well, but I just prefer Daniel Kaluuya. My God, the man—he he sure can act. I love every—I love watching him in every movie. If he's—if he's in a movie, I might just turn it on and watch it. And he was really good. Judas and the Black Messiah is such a fantastic film. I just watched it today. It was really powerful, and and again, just it's really sad. Anyway. Best Supporting Actress. We have Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? <laughs> I never know how to say her name. For Mank. You have Elena Zengel for News of the World. Olivia Colman for The Father. And again, I haven't watched this movie. And J Jodie Foster for uh, The Mauritanian. I also haven't watched this movie and I really wanted to. And then you have Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. And this is really tough. Because I... <laughs> uh, I think it's between Olivia Colman and Jodie Foster. Even though I haven't watched those movies. Probably Jodie Foster. Because I think the movie is l like 30 minutes longer than The Father. And... So she gets more time to shine. But from the movies that I watch, so Glenn, so Hillbilly Jelly, Elegy, <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy, News of the World, and Mank. Glenn Close just was more powerful. Her performance was really personal. It seemed. I don't know. As you can see, <laughs> as you probably have noticed. Um, when I don't have a script, I just use the same a adjectives. My mind just really goes blank. So I'm sorry if it's not being that interesting of a, of a podcast episode. <laughs> um, and Elena Zangle is my second choice. Uh, no, no, not counting Olivia Coleman and Jodie Foster, of course. Because she is 13 years old. And she was playing this kid who came across Tom Hanks' character, and she doesn't speak English, so from during the entire movie, she probably just says um, 10 sentences that we can under understand as an audience without having subtitles on, um, or at least, like, the general meaning of them. But she was really, she was really good. She, she, she's 13. She's already nominated for a Golden Globe. It's insane. Must be really cool. I think she deserved it. Uh, like this year was really insane. That's why we have not a lot of great movies, like fantastic movies and fantastic performances uh, nominated. Of course, I'm talking subjectively. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna win. 
uh, Elena Zengel. And Amanda Seyfried. People really talked about her uh, performance as something spectacular. When I saw it, I wasn't really that impressed. It, it was a good performance. It was a great performance, but it wasn't something that really surprised me. So maybe like my expectations were, were really high for her acting abilities, and she underdelivered unintentionally. Maybe because the movie itself, I was like I said, I wasn't really captivated by Mank. I think what David Fincher was trying to do was really nice, was really interesting, but the execution of it just fell short for me. So yeah, like I said, just recap. I think Olivia Colman for the father, or Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian. I think one of her, one of them uh, is gonna win. Now let's go to best motion picture, foreign. And I've watched four out of these movies, out of the five. The only one I didn't watch was Two of Us, also known as Do. So I don't know a lot about that. Well, I know like the synopsis um, of it. It really seemed interesting, but I just didn't have a chance to watch it. It would probably be like the one of the next three movies that I was gonna watch for this for this episode, but like time runs out. And I just watched La Llorona, which translated means the crying lady, or something like that. It was a good movie. It's a short movie, it's 90 something minutes. But the other three, Minari, The Life Ahead, or La Vita Davanti Se, and Another Round, or Druck, re I really like those movies. I really love those movies. No, okay, not love. <laughs> Maybe Druk uh, or an Druk or Another Round with Mads Mikkelsen. That was the one I loved the most. I was an exp- I was expecting to like Minari more just because of the um, of the premise and how it was uh, of the trailer. Okay, I watched the trailer for Minari before I found out about the Golden Globe nominations. Um, but when I decided to watch all of these movies, I didn't watch any trailer for th- for them. I just simply watched them as I as I went on. So I was expecting to like Minari more. But another round, it was really a, an interesting concept. And I think that the last shot was one of my favorite last shots of any movie that I've watched. So if I was choosing, I would choose another round to win. But it might be between Minari or The Life Ahead. Because both of these movies just show us like a piece of life. Like I usually like to talk about movies that I really, really enjoy and love. Um, Like realistic, pure movies as being like a piece of life. They're showing us a piece of life, somebody's life. It doesn't really feel like a movie. It's like... It's like you stumble across somebody else, or you're watching them from 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 above, and you're you're just watching this little piece of life. <laughs> and the, uh, I think there was I, I actually watched the Life Ahead uh, trailer. Actually, I just I just remembered, and there was this one great line from the the kid actor in it that re that was really powerful. It gave a really powerful metaphor 
for his relationship with um the older lady, the the older actress, uh, the older ca- character. I mean, and I really enjoyed that movie. I also really liked Minari. Minari might win, but if I could choose, I would say another round. I just prefer that movie. Um, the con the, the concept of it was really interesting. It was really unlike anything I've watched before. Like there is this theme around drinking. I think I don't think that's a spoiler. Like another round, it's, it evokes uh, drinking and alcoholism. But they played with with it in a way that I wasn't really expecting it. So yeah, I really I really had fun with it. I might actually rewatch it like in a couple of months. Um, but yeah, okay. Let's go to best motion picture animated, and the nominees are Wolf. Walkers, The Crudes, A New Age, Over the Moon, Soul, and Onward. I have watched Onward, Over the Moon, and Soul. I haven't watched The Crudes, A New Age, because I haven't watched The Crudes. If I had, I, I, I would have watched it. And I haven't watched Wolf Walkers. But from the, like from the plot summary, this one actually felt really interesting and if I could have watched it I would have but just didn't find the time nor could I find it anywhere like in any streaming platform that I that I subscribe to so onward soul they were on Disney plus and over the moon was on Netflix so I watched those um, the three of them like tackle themes that I'm that I enjoy family grief um, the meaning of life. I've I've enjoyed Onward more than the other two actually, and I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting to, for Soul to be my number one pick. Okay, and that's saying that um, I don't I don't I don't think the Crudes a New Age is gonna win. Uh, Wolf Wolf Walkers might win, but because it's not, I don't think it's a Disney. Yeah, it's not a Disney. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be on a Disney Plus. Uh, I don't know if it's um. A more indie uh, company uh, that that uh, published it, that uh, devised it, wrote it, and made it. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's gonna win because, uh, well, these award shows they really they they need to to be more inclusive. They le- they need to learn how to be more even more inclusive. Um, last year was a surprise in the Academy Awards, but we, we don't need it. We need to stop having surprises. We need to have reality. If it's good, if it has quality, if, it's, if it has more quality than the other, then it should win. And yeah, Wolf Walkers was really interesting of an idea, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know. In regards to Over the Moon, um, the animation was really um, different. Was different. the um, The story was a bit too cliche for me. Even onward was a bit too cliche, but it, it tackled family, and there was this heartbreaking moment with an impersonation that I wasn't expecting. It was really like subtle what they did with it, and there's magic in this in this movie, and it was used to, it was used in a more um, in a, in an innovative way. I guess. And at the end, 
again, like capping off this that family theme. Everything just per kind of perfect for me how they wrapped it up. But in no way this is like a great one of the great animated uh, Disney movies. Like no way, just for me as a person. Like this is just my opinion. <laughs> um, it really connected with uh, to me. But I think I think Soul is gonna win. It, it had, in terms of concept, it had the best one. Even though <laughs> this might this shouldn't be considered a kids movie, because it does tackle um, the afterlife. But the the animation uh, design, the overall style of it, like the the the. the, the, the yeah, the, the animated like the the design on the on the faces of the characters was really cool. It's really like, oh man, you just you're just grateful how technology has evolved, and you get these very unique, different looking looking animated uh, people, and you look back for oh my, like twenty years ago, the animation wasn't like this. It was nowhere near this. It's just. I just, I'm just in awe of how it, had, it has evolved. And yeah, Soul just tackles a theme that is more mature. I think that hinders the movie quite a bit because of it is animated. It is, it is mostly for kids. It's on Disney. Um, plus, it's, it's a Disney property. But, mm. yeah, but because it was different, I might... Yeah, for me, it's between Soul and Onward. My maybe Wolf Wolf Walkers will be a nice surprise and you might win, but because I haven't watched it, I don't know. So yeah, let's continue with the comedy musical sections. I'm just gonna have a bit of more water, uh -uh. and let's start with best actor in a comedy or musical. The only performance I haven't watched was Dev Patel in the Personal History of David. Copperfield, I'm sure he does an amazing job. Dev Patel is really amazing, an amazing actor. But the other actors are James Corden for The Prom, Lynn manuel Miranda for Hamilton, Andy Samberg for Palm Springs, and Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat, subsequent movie film. You have a bigger title, but I'm not going to say that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the one I completely put aside, like immediately put aside, is James Corden for the prom. I think even like nothing against the man, uh, nothing against the talk show host, maybe against the actor in him, but him being nominated just proves how weird twenty twenty was. <laughs> How lackluster of a movie year it was. And it's insane that there was no other main actor performance in a comedy or musical this year, this past year, to replace his place. To replace his place in, in the nominees. Like, I don't like trash talking about actors' performances. But, and I'm going to trash, trash, trash talk a bit more, actually, in a bit. But, um, 
I don't know. I think his performance could be seen as a bit of a bit of an insulting one. At least for me. Like five minutes in, I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" And if and if I'm like that, five minutes in, then I know that the whole movie is going to be a bit weird, to say the least. And talking about Lin Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, I I watched the movie, which is basically just a video recording of a, a live Broadway show in 2016. And just put into a movie last year, and I had and I had never watched Hamilton live. <laughs> um, I couldn't never have watched it live, and I didn't know a bit about the story. I knew it was such a big deal, but I was kind of skeptical about it. And when I watched it a couple of nights ago, I fell in love with it. I couldn't keep my eyes off the off the, te- off the television screen. It is so good, and Lin Manuel Miranda is so good. He doesn't give like the best Broadway or, or even in this case movie performance of the year. I don't think so. Or maybe this year. <laughs> uh, but but it, it is re- really good. It's so entertaining. It, it is so the, the movie the, the music is really catchy and, and just fun to sing along or just to listen and it's quite a funny movie some characters are really funny I wasn't expecting that and and the story again is it's an interesting story to turn into a, a musical so like props to Lin Manuel because my God he wrote he wrote a freaking musical and then he put it on Broadway and it is a huge success and and my pet peeve with this nomination and with Hamilton being nominated for nominated for best motion picture as well is that it was a video recording of a 2016 Broadway uh, show like of course, people wanted like 2020 happened, and they wanted to release this, and they had this version. Um, that's time. I'm just assuming that was the general idea, and they wanted to entertain people at home because we were stuck at home. But like being nominated really for this when it was literally a recording of a theater show. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's a bit like cheating, at least for me. So, yeah, if I'm not looking at that, at the movie from that point of view, then Lin-Manuel has a chance to win Best Actor at the Golden Globes. But if I am looking at it, then I'm between Andy Samberg and Sasha Baron Cohen. But I think Sasha Baron Cohen is going to win. Because it's not that he gives a fantastic... No, okay, it kind of does. I don't know, I, th- I think sometimes when I look at, when I think about great performances, like action performances, I think about drama movies, dramatic movies, not comedies. So, and this this one, again, because because of the uniqueness, like original thinking behind Borat, uh, the first one and the second one, like <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen being this character in the street, 
talking to real people and they don't they don't have a clue they're mostly american so yeah um uh I, yeah it's just the the commitment that he has and the braveness that he has going into people's homes or people's like just talking to people and being kind of insulting to them or others and not breaking character at least for for them uh, the, the things we are shown because he probably had to break character at some point when he was like um yeah i i heard stories i read some trivia notes about that it's really unfortunate people going after him for just being a character for a movie um but yeah i i just thought wow what a man what a bold man and i'm actually happy that he was able to release this before the 2020 election um because it was one of his goals was so enraged in 2016 i think most of the world was or at least the good humans in the world were enraged and s saddened and <sighs> anyway so i think it's it oh and andy samberg in palm springs i actually really enjoyed palm springs it's one of my favorite 2020 movies that there's not a lot of them of course but um But the movie itself was really, it was a chill movie with a, a twist on the, on the time loop scenario. Like, I was used quite a, a few times already, but it was done in a fun way. And the, the ending was really, it was cute. It was really cool. I, I might rewatch it because I watched it alone and I think I might show it to my brother and, and my family. And, and just for rewatching it, like just for that sake. But uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with Sasha Baron Cohen. I think it, is, it deserves the recognition for doing what he did. It was it was really dangerous what he did, especially in some parts of the movie. You kind of, you kind of um, feel that, like imminent danger. So I, I I gotta give it to him. So I think yeah, I think he is gonna win for best actress in a comedy or musical. We have Michelle Pfeiffer. For the French exit, or for French exit, I mean, Maria Bakalova for Borat 2, Anya Taylor Joy for Emma, Rosamund Pike for I Care a Lot, and Kate Hudson for Music. Okay, I need to I need to say this. If you don't know what Music is, it's a movie directed by Sia. And it's not really. It's, it hasn't got the best reviews, as of now. It's actually it actually has some harsh reviews. I haven't watched this movie. I haven't watched. I haven't watched the uh, French Exit either. But I am gonna choose every day not to watch music. That's because the things I've been hearing about it. Um, kind of like with the prom, but more so, is that it was really insulting. It was really insulting for people with autism, and even and even black people. I think there is a scene. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. But 
Like, obviously, I hope Sia wasn't intentionally trying to be insulting. I hope. <laughs> I hope. But she was. She was, and and just from the comments and reviews that I I read, oh my god. Oh my god, uh, yeah. So I am positive music is not gonna win. It being nominated just makes me think less of the Golden Globes uh, Award um, Association. So then we have, uh, yeah, I don't know how good Michelle Pfeiffer is in French Exit, but because I haven't heard a lot about that, I am assuming she doesn't do a fantastic job. And then we, you have Maria Bakalova for Borat 2. Again, like I said with Sasha Baron Cohen, the amount of braveness you, ha you, have, to, you have to have to do a movie like this, to be in those positions, those, those dangerous positions. I can just praise that every day, all day. But then you have Anya Taylor-Joy for Emma. I wasn't really a fan of Emma, uh, the movie, but I would have preferred it to be nominated for Best Motion Picture instead of Music. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I think I enjoyed it. Like like I said before, Anya Taylor-Joy is one of the most promising young talent around, which is going to go on to be one of the next Meryl Streep strip, um, uh, act, like level of talent of actor, to actors or actresses. And Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot. It is which is another movie I sh it should be that should be considered for best motion picture before music the same Rosamund Pike really is evilishly charming <laughs> in I care a lot um, she's quite stunning as well like just portraying this brutal opportunistic woman like the movie itself it's good, it's, it's good, it's not not anything like fantastic or anything like that, um, but she does a good job. I think it's between her and Anya Taylor-Joy, honestly. Maria Bakalova, she's a Bulgarian actress, like a young actress, young-ish, I think she's maybe 20-something, 20 20 or maybe 30 already, I don't know. Um, she might also... She deserves at least a nomination. I don't know if Maria is going to win. So I'm, I'm between Rosamund Pike and Anya Taylor-Joy. That's my final answer. And now for, for best motion picture, for comedy or musical. Like I said, we have music. Ah, nope. We have The Prom, also a big no for me. Hamilton, I've, I've talked about that. Like It's a great, great story, great musical being nominated for uh, a Golden Glo Globe when it was a recording from 2016. Mm, a bit of a stretch, but it is quite good still. Like I, th I think even the movie itself, like the recording itself is really good. The directing is really good, but it is a recording, so I'm, I'm kind of torn on that. So then you have Palm Springs. Like I said, it's another really surprisingly good movie. And Borat, subsequent movie film. And I think Borat is going to win. Maybe it's between uh, this movie and Hamilton. 
But Borat 2, because it was made at such a turbulent period in America, and it tackled that, and it mocked that, it used, it used this movie as a satire to that, I think it, it deserves the win. And I like, uh, by the way, I, I'm probably not going not gonna, to uh, do a movie review of Borat 2 or 1 anytime soon, but I, I got to say, I prefer this one, for, um, I prefer this one rather than the, the, the first one, because the first one was made in 2006, and there was nothing hap- huge happening around that time. Of course, they mocked a lot of stuff, they used some stuff as a, a, a satire, um, trying to, to show like they had, there was a meaning behind the jokes, behind Borat's outrageous behavior, but here you had two or three actually three major issues problems worldwide that were happening also very much so in America uh, the focus point of everything that is um, bad I don't know. Sorry for any American listeners. I hope I I'm sure that you guys are awesome, and and you don't take offense when, when I say that. Like I'm not trying to offend anyone. Um. So I I, th- I just I just prefer this one, Borat Two, because of that, because of the the setting, and the premise. So I got I gotta give it to that one. I think Borat subsequent subsequent movie film blah 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 is gonna win best motion picture. If not that, Hamilton. Just take a bit more of water. Now let's go to best motion, best actor in a drama motion picture. You have Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Again, I haven't watched it. I really wanted to. I couldn't. Tahar Rahim for The Mauritanian. I haven't watched it. I really wanted to as well. Gary Oldman for Mank. Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, for... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Uh, in terms of the movies itself, themselves, I mean, I like Sound of Metal more than Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Mank. And most of that is due to the main actor's performances. I think Riz Ahmed deserves the win. So, so does um, Chadwick Boseman. May he rest in peace and in power. Um, he really did, did a great job in this movie. It was anyway. Um, and Gary Oldman again he is fen- a phenomenal actor, but because Mank wasn't really, at least for me. I said, um, really captivating. Even his acting didn't really save the the movie for me. Like uh, his performance didn't make me invest in the story more. It didn't caught my attention more often than I wanted. Like I really wanted it to to catch to make me like, oh my god, this is really good. Wow. And Riz Ahmed and Chadwick Boseman, they did that to me. And they were both very different uh, performances, like the very different people, characters. Like Riz Ahmed is much, like, of course, due to the situation that is the, the his character is in, is he is so um, more quiet and calm 
at some point he obviously like breaks away from all that quietness and Chadwick Boseman's character uh, Levy I believe um, I'm, I'm not good with names like I've seen so many movies of, as of late that I, that I cannot remember all of them but um, Chadwick Boseman's character is so uh, extroverted and out there that last like three minutes oh my god that, that broke me I was not expecting it and it was it is based on a true story so oh it just hurt me more it really it really it was really oh, brutal visceral but like I said I haven't watched the father I haven't I haven't watched the Mauritanian and I heard a lot of good things uh, from about about the both the performances of Anthony Hopkins and Tar Rahim, so I think this category is the most is is the is the the most um, oh my god uh, the, the most uh, difficult one for me to choose someone to, to to predict. Maybe Anthony Hopkins doesn't give a, one of his best performances, so let's take him out. Gary Oldman, like I said, mm, I don't think so. And then you have Chadwick Boseman, who that which it would be nice for him to have an award, even though he has passed away, at least for his family, for his legacy. Um, and then we have Tahar Rahim, who I don't know. I haven't watched him in anything. But maybe he does deserve it as well. And also you have Riz Ahmed. Who might not get this opportunity in the near future. Because he hasn't done uh, that many great movies. Like He hasn't given that many um, great performances. I liked his role in Nightcrawler. But Jake Gyllenhaal just stole that, stole that show. He stole every scene he was in. Like the fact that he wasn't nominated. For, for an Academy Award in that year was really just bizarre, kind of insulting as well. So I'm really torn. I'm, I'm between three people, and that's Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, and Tahar Rahim. Maybe just between the first two, but that's just because I haven't watched The Mauritanian. And yeah, let's go to Best Actress. And I have seen all these movies, so I can give my honest opinion. I always give my honest opinion, but... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we have Carrie Mulligan from for Promising Young Woman, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, we have Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, you have Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and you have Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And I'm going to go from the one I think is not going to win... Until the one and go from there. Viola Davis is great in any movie. I think she's a phenomenal actress. She should, she should um, get the recognition she deserves more often. And her having a nomination is really, um, uh, it was the right thing to do because she does a great job in it. But the fact that she she is one of the main actresses and the fact that the movie is so short—it's an hour and a half. She didn't really get to ch shine that much. 
she did embody the character, but there were no moments, the character moments where I was like, wow, like this acting for me is not really acting. She's just being Ma Rainey. Um, even though she kind of was Ma Rainey for the entire of it, I think it's mostly due to who the person was. Maybe she, I don't know, maybe she was easy to play. She, she kind of know what I mean. Um, but again, this, this category is another very difficult one because Andre Day in, as Billie Holiday was electrifying. She was just electrifying. I just knew her music. She has this song, Rise Up. I don't know if you have listened to it, but it's really powerful, really powerful song, really beautiful song. And I didn't know she acted. Well, she kind of didn't. She, I think she appeared in some movies as a singer, like a, a background singer or something like that. And now she, had, this is her first main role, and she killed it. She was really good. Uh, she was really good, but I don't know if she's going to... I don't think she's gonna win. I think the other three actors, actresses that I haven't spoke, that I'm still given my opinion on, did a better job. Vanessa Kirby was really great in Pieces of a Woman. She she did a fantastic job as Princess Margaret in The Crown. That 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 was the first time that I saw her uh, acting in anything. I think she might have seen her in another movie or so. Um. So watching watching her here in such a different performance from Princess Margaret and doing these so emotional, so very so so very much uh, emotional scenes, and the story itself was really delicate and tragic. That of course she deserved a nomination. I'm not arguing that. And she, but I, but I think Francis McDormand and Carrie Mulligan just did a better job with them, their characters. Like Vanessa Kirby was really human in her performance, really authentic, pure, honest with what she did. But it was more, um, I don't know. I think because pieces, and I think I found I find this weird, but maybe it's just because the movie itself tackles such a, an important theme, such a really sad story that I just enjoyed more than other movies from this past year. But I think it is because the movie itself was nominated for more categories that maybe her being nominated is not going to have that much of, of an impact in her winning you know you know what I mean it's just it's like but anyway I think yeah I think she did a fantastic job like if I could give a, uh, more than one award from to more than one people I would give her an award Carrie Mulligan I would I would give everyone an award not for music <clears throat> uh, but yeah like Carrie Mulligan I never watched her in anything any movie, any TV. I looked on IMDb and I, I don't think I I even kind of knew her from anything. She was, my gosh, she was so great in this film. 
and promising young woman. The story itself, like I said, I think was really powerful and distinct. It had like the cinematography and the color palette that they used was really gorgeous, just quite unique of a story. Like the ending, the ending, the, the last 10 minutes, they destroyed me. It was one of the, uh, the few movies that made me be angry, be actively furious about something that they did. And most of it is because of Carrie Mulligan's acting. Like, the way we felt about her character and her situation, and the way she felt about her situation, she, the way she behaved, what she, she was doing, what she had done, was so, so goddamn powerful. And, and again, tragic as well. Um, most of these stories are tragic. It, it is drama, so... Um, and I'm yeah, I'm between her and Frances McDormand because even though the story of Nomadland is very like kind of quiet, there's no action scenes, there are no big scenes with with like plot twists. It's again, it's like a piece of life. Whereas the carry the promising young woman has quite easy to identify moments where the story changes drastically or something big happens. Or you know how to like divide the story. Oh, this was the part where this happened and that happened, and then this is where the other thing happened. While Nomadland is just one big piece of a life of the character of Fern, and just Fra and Frances McDormand plays her quite simplistically. Is that a word? Simply, quite in a simplistic way. It's really human. Like I. And she did this in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's one of it's one of my favorite movies. It's, it, she's so good in it. She totally deserves the Academy Award. Um, and maybe she will win one for Nomadland again this year. If, if it is nominated, I'm pretty sure it will be nominated. Because, like I said, it was 2020. Stuff happened. There's not a lot of movies around to choose from to be nominated. So she might actually win. And... Her performance, even though it wasn't like, there was no big moment where I was like, my God, this acting is just one of the best acting moments I've ever seen. There was no moment like that, but the whole thing, the whole movie, the whole, the movie itself, it just shows how easily Frances McDormand acts. She just goes into this character and you feel like she is this character and this character is her. Or she's always been this character because she just embodies this other person um, in such a honest, pure way, a simple way. Like I say, like like I said, like there was no moment where I'm I'm like, oh yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm watching a movie. No, I'm just watching this happen. It feels like a documentary, really, even. And most of that is because of the way that the movie was made with real life people, not actors. Uh, playing these roles that weren't really roles. They were just saying some lines. It wasn't really a character because they were kind of playing themselves. It's kind of... I don't know if it's that spoilery. Um, I'm not spoiling the story. I'm just spoiling like the, the, the behind-the-scenes of that section. And that was just really like... The dialogue between her and other characters was really human. It was realistic. It was something I would say to people. Even though I wasn't in that situation, I've, I've never been in that situation. I, I think, yeah, I think 
Mm, I'm between. If, if, if it was up to me, I give it to Francis McDormand, even though I loved Carrie Mulligan and Vanessa Kirby in their respective movies. I also loved Andrew Day, I think she was great. Um, and Viola Davis as well. But, oh my, yeah, all five was were really great. But maybe my prediction is that they're gonna go with. Mm, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe Francis McDormand. Uh, I don't know. Or Carrie Mulligan. I'm trying to think. Like, are they, <laughs> are they, uh, quote unquote, good people? And they're gonna choose the, the the one. Or the ones are they gonna go for one of the ones that um, haven't been nominated yet and might not be soon or even in the future at all? Because some people, like some actors, just give their best performance once and they're never rec recognized again. Like the, the the work they do after that and before that were was never as good as that. So you might use this chance to actually award them something instead of just nominate them for something. I'm trying to think. Like I'm pretty sure Vanessa Kirby is gonna give other uh, award not award Academy Award deserving performances, Oscar worthy or Golden Globe worthy performances. Maybe Kerry Mul Mulligan will do that too. And Francis McDormand has already been awarded something for um, three bil billboards outside of Abbey, Missouri. And again, Viola Davis, she's probably she's just a great actress overall. But Andrew Day, she's like a newcomer. She's like the um, the Lady Gaga of this year, <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, because she's a she's a singer and she it's one of her first acting roles. So I, I am not sure, guys. I'm really torn on this, but I had given my thoughts on it, and I think that's my my main thing with this episode. Just give my thoughts on the nominations. So let's go to the final category. Let's see how, how long I've been talking. To. Oh my god. Wow. Wow, I'm so sorry about that. Probably nobody is listening to this, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, for, so for best motion picture in the drama category, you have The Father, which I haven't watched. You have Mank, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Promising Young Woman, and Nomadland. I give my thoughts on every movie in this category. So I'll just reiterate that I think it is going to be between Nomadland and Promising Young Woman. The first one because it is quite realistic, quite a simple but just beautiful story about being alone and feeling kind of lost at a like at an older age. And Promising Young Woman is dealing with the trauma of the past and how you react to it, how you behave now, considering what happened then. And while The Trial of the Chicago 7, is, it is about true events, horrible events, and it was enticing, I was hooked on it, wanting to know what happened next, and this, there's this, oh, this character in power that just disgusted me oh honestly it was oh, my god damn it it was really mm, really oh, well, i can't talk about it i'm like oh my god people sometimes are just oh and yeah you have mank a clear homage to the 30s in cinema and just showing the 
behind the scenes with the writing of Citizen Kane and the, the producing of Citizen Kane, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, the idea itself was good. The execution, like I said, wasn't that good. Kind of disappointed a bit. And the movie itself is just not as captivating. For example, if I hadn't watched... If I haven't watched Citizen Kane, we'll go into this movie, and I will be so more... So much... So much less interested in it. Like, if you go into this movie and you haven't watched Citizen Kane, or you haven't watched any movies in the 30s or 40s, or, like, any movies before the 2000s, before the 1990s, you won't really care about this movie. And that's one of the things. Like, it's, it's very niche. It's a very specific audience-directed movie. So I don't I don't think it's going to win. It might for just the homage um, bit, but, uh, yeah, I do not know. I do not know. So, and The Father, like I said, I haven't watched it. I really want to. It's a really short movie, like an, an hour and a half, I believe. I don't think it has the potential like 90 in 90 minutes you're gonna give the best you're gonna give us this movie that's gonna be the best of the year mm, I don't know it might be really good but because I haven't watched it I do not know also it's a shame that you it, it, it hasn't been released um, on any streaming platform as of yet because people want to see it before the, the Golden Globes and yeah so for me if I could pick, I would say Nomad Land. It's my favorite movie of this 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 year. But Promising Young Woman is also really good. But the trilogy Chicago Seven is also really good, and Mank, like I said, is a quite nice homage to Citizen Kane and the nineteen thirties cinema landscape. And I think that's it. So I'm gonna wrap it up right now. And that is it, guys. My thoughts, my predictions, kind of, regarding this year's Golden Globes Award ceremony that is going to be live in a day. And this is my <laughs> this is my longest episode ever. I wasn't expecting to talk that much, but like I said, um, well, when I when I started the actual episode. I kind of talk a lot when I don't have like a script to follow, like something to follow. So hopefully you did hear me, um, all of it, some of it, I don't know. And I'm kind of sorry that it was so long. But yeah, there you go, my thoughts, predictions on the Golden Globe nominees of this year. I hope you enjoyed. That is it for today. This has been just one more opinion. I have been Charlie and you have been awesome. Take care and goodbye.